gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I want Harold Socks. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. Welcome once again to the Aaron Meta Show. It is the 24th of December of 2014. I want to thank you very much for checking out the show. Uh, if you're also checking me out on social media as well, it's facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show and also uh, twitter.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show as well. So, and also if you want to follow these. Uh, RSS feeds, the best way of doing so is uh, through the Stitcher app, which you can download uh, from the Google Play and also the iTunes Store as well. You can also uh, get the Player FM app as well, and that gets you there as well. Or you could uh, ignore the feed altogether. You can get the Mixcloud, and you can download that as an app. Or you can go to mixcloud.com forward slash Arameta and access all the latest episodes from there as well. Uh, just want to say, you know, I don't want to give too much of a intro at the moment because obviously it's very late at night here in the United Kingdom and uh, I'm just going to let you straight into uh, this wonderful interview that I did with Craig Barlett. Uh, again, I want to thank all the Hey Arnold fans for checking out the show. I also want to thank Craig Barlett himself uh, for doing another uh, interview with me as well. He is really generous uh, with these interviews, you know. Uh, I really thought it was just going to be like one or two and uh, the fact that he's now given me this is probably the fourth one that we've done now or if uh, maybe I've lost count, I don't know how many times we've uh, now done uh, interviews but uh, you know he's really generous to the Arameta show he's really great and uh, he's entertained me from my childhood as well and now that he's giving me uh, these interviews today uh, you know and entertaining me pretty much in my adulthood you know I just want to give a massive shout out to him as well and so uh, you know it's been really great uh, doing these and uh, hopefully we'll uh, do some more as well and hopefully the next time we chat around there'll be some really good news to talk about as well. Also just want to let you know if you've uh, not done so at the moment check out the Save the Jungle movie campaign as well. If you go on Facebook search Save the Jungle movie and uh, help out these Hey Arnold fans get the ending they want for that little football headed kid named Arnold. Also uh, you can check out Operation Ruthless as well if you do Google it and if you also uh, check it out on Twitter as well uh, I'll uh, if you follow the Twitter feed I'll uh, definitely put some links up in there as well and also put some stuff in Facebook there as well. There's also the position is also posted up on the Facebook page as well. No more of an intro. I'm going to give you exactly what you want. It uh, was recorded a couple of weeks ago. This is Great Ballers. This is the Arameta Show. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Peace. Okay, Craig Bartlett, welcome to the Arameta Show. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great good to morning. See- yeah, good morning. Well, good, e- good evening from here as well. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, how have you been doing? 
Uh, really good. I think uh, 2015 is going to be the busiest year of my whole life. So. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, for me, I've started a new job recently, so I've got this new job that I'm training into now, and then I've got this radio show, and, uh, you know, so I think we're all going to be very busy in uh, 2015, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Good. Yeah, my, my, my country's going to go for a general election on, so basically we've got a lot to talk about in 2015 ourselves. So, uh, But anyway, we're going to talk about Hey Arnold once again. And uh, I know Justin Shankaro did a really, really good job on uh, the last anniversary special, but uh, uh, everyone was saying uh, you know, they would like to uh, me to interview Craig again. And uh, Craig uh, has uh, generously given him given us his uh, busy time, so uh, I want to thank him for, very much for... Uh, uh, coming on to answer your questions once again. Now, uh, the questions I had to do in a bit of a rush because I've just been so busy with uh, so many other things currently going on right now. So I did say if you could tweet the Aaron Meta show rather than basically sending an email because uh, I just had no time to send up an email box and uh, this was probably the easiest way I could possibly do it. Plus, I can favorite them as well so I can uh, go through them all uh, one by one as well. And actually, for the first time in uh, doing uh, one of these interviews, great well, we can put names to questions. So it would be uh, very good to... Uh, um, put some uh, real names to uh, to people and that. So we haven't got as many questions as we did before because, again, we did do this in a rush. So, again, apologies for that. But uh, we do have some very good questions here and uh, definitely a lot to talk about. But uh, obviously before we go into that, uh, obviously we had a very uh, uh, big tragedy in our uh, Hey Arnold community recently, and that was the uh, the loss of uh, Steve Vexton and... Uh, you know, a lot of people yep. have been paying their condolences uh, over this year. Craig, you were at a, uh, a memorial for him as well. I mean, if we could, just out of, uh, you know, condolences and also out of respect, I mean, if we could uh, talk about uh, Steve for uh, a couple of minutes. I mean, how yeah. how did you meet him, and how did he come to be part of the Hey Arnold crew? Um, Steve and Joe and Saul uh came together. when In, the very, in 1990, uh, I was working on Rugrats, which had not, we were just starting it, it hadn't gone on the air, that we only had a pilot, and uh, Paul Germain hired me to be the story editor, and uh, as soon as we got going, we thought we should get uh, pitches from writers, and Paul had gone to UCLA with both Joe and Steve, and he said, let me bring in Joe and Steve, they're awesome. And they were, they came in and they pitched uh, what became uh, the B-show of the first episode of Rugrats, I can't remember what happens, the ball goes over a fence. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Steve and Joe, uh, I met them then, so from 1990 I've known Steve, and he, you know, he's just one of those people. He was super talented, great writer, um, a lot of fun. We, you know, kind of had so many laughs with Steve, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, when you were going towards, you know, developing Hey Arnold, and uh, Steve became the voice of Oscar, I mean, how did that come about? <laughs> um, well, uh since we all met on Rugrats, our boss at Rugrats was Gabor Chupo. Gabor and Arlene, uh, Gabor Chupo and Arlene Klasky are the founders and owners of Klasky Chupo. And uh, Gabor is from Hungary, and he has that wonderful accent, which is just Steve doing Oscar as Steve trying to imitate uh, Gabor. And what, what we thought was funny about Gabor's accent was sentences tended to end, they'd kind of go, they'd go down at the end. So it'd be like, Susie, make me a sandwich. And, you know, his, <laughs> his voice would go down at the end. And so I know that's, uh, you know, we all do really lame Gabor impersonations. He's He's been impersonated on so many shows. He's uh, Dr. Nick on The Simpsons. Mm. You know, and he's a bunch of, <laughs> he's everywhere. But anyway, uh, we thought it would be really funny to uh, have uh, 
and not Hungarian. We made him uh, from Czechoslovakia, which is now the the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was basically we just thought it'd be really funny if Oscar and Susie were were Gabor and Arlene. And what's not true about you know Gabor Chupo is not a gambling addict and a and a bum. He's a really talented and and funny and cool guy. So yeah. Oscar is nothing like uh, Gabor Chupo. It no. was just Steve trying to do a funny voice. And oh, yeah. Got, and, of course, all the boarders um, in the boarding house have to be kind of losers. And, and <laughs> you know, it was really important that the boarders all be, uh, you know, having various difficulties because Arnold is so wise. He's like the grown-up, and all the boarders are like children. Yeah. Uh, he had uh, a massive influence uh, writing several of uh, the Hey Arnold episodes. Um, totally. Yeah. He wrote as many episodes as anybody else, and he his stories were great. I Some of my favorite episodes were written by Steve. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, out of your opinion, I mean, where did you think he got his imagination from and his, uh, and his drive? Uh, Steve and I shared a love of uh, a lot of the same movies. And uh, he grew up watching a ton of TV, which is an interesting thing to think about because uh, Matt Groening also grew up watching a ton of TV. And I always found that kind of funny about both of those guys was they were just TV addicts. They they watched so many shows in the 1960s. And I kind of didn't. You know, I didn't watch much TV as a kid. And then there was a period when I was a, a, a student and in college and, and in, you know, in my 20s where I didn't watch TV at all. I, I didn't even have a TV for many years just because – I kind of was interested in other stuff at that time. And so I always found it kind of cool that Steve knew so many movies and TV shows. He would quote from old, he, he would say, for example, if you're, if you're out of ideas for a show, just take a look at the whole uh, history of uh, the Andy Griffith show, for example, and just look at what happens in those episodes, and it'll give you ideas. So he would, he would refer to like Chaplin's movies, like City Lights, and he would refer to... Uh, the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, he so he had, he had this wealth of knowledge uh, amongst uh, television, and uh, obviously you mm -hmm. mentioned uh, uh, what he borrowed from before. I mean, in your, I mean, can you think of any highlights where he would, uh, you know, come up with an idea and uh, it would just glue together so well? Like, say, for example. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, I think it wasn't. Uh, I mean, the Bugs Bunny, uh, you know, the What's Up Arnold episode. Obviously, that was that was your idea, but it was there ever like a. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's true. I was usually quoting Warner cartoons. Yeah, and, yeah. And Steve, yeah. Well, for example, um, the one, the one with Harold and Big Patty. Yeah. When when Harold first falls for Patty, and um, and then um, at, in the end he he bails because he under peer pressure, he pretends that he doesn't care about her and says, no, there's nothing, I don't care about her at all, go away. And then uh, at the end when he was supposed to meet her for lunch and the, he comes into the cafeteria and, and uh, Stinky and Sid are, are making fun of him and they're making fun of Patty and he finally just like blows up and he, he just you know yells and announces to the whole lunchroom that, that uh, he likes Patty. Uh, that's straight from uh, the 50s movie Marty. Um, oh, really? And uh, uh, he... Ernest Borgnine got an Oscar for that performance. And I remember uh, Steve saying, I just want to do a Marty story with Harold. You know, it, in other words, and that's the way we would usually do it. We'd be talking about favorite scenes from TV and movies. We'd just say, I love how in Apocalypse Now this happens. Or we'd say, I love how in, you know, I don't know, The Wizard of Oz this happens. And we would uh, just try to find a way to kind of make it our own. 
in which I think probably, you know, most, most modern entertainment, you could say, you know, how they say there's only like six stories and <laughs> just keep getting told over and over again. Oh, wow. That's definitely true. And we, we just do. We try to think about what we like about a story. Usually it's like emotional resonance. I mean, that scene where Harold defends Patty is incredibly emotional and cool and kind of about all the challenges of being a kid and peer pressure and people, people you know, trying to make a coward out of you and turn you into a jerk. And Harold, you know, he fights back, and it's so redeeming for him, and so cool. Um, you know, that's it. Harold was a great character because he, his redemption from the start of the series when he was just a kind of a two-dimensional bully, hmm. um, and then getting turned into more and more of a rich character was so fun. You know, and and Steve and I completely agreed about that. We said. You know, this will be so fun to redeem Harold. Oh, yeah, over the, over and plus with the combined and with the combined uh, effort of Justin Shankaro as well. I mean, yeah, uh, oh yeah, Justin's performance was so hilarious and exactly like you. He started as a kid actor. The the way that he would cry was so funny, you know, and so it and it was great too. There's a warmth to Harold. You know, as soon as we got into it, you you realize that even though he's a bully and he could pound Arnold. Um, and a real danger to Arnold at the very start. You know, the pilot was the one where he had 24 hours to live. Mm. And um, so, yeah, he starts as this nemesis. And it was so clear as we got into it that it was so fun for Harold to be, you know, kind of secretly sensitive and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of just the whole thing about how he was he was even smart, but he, he was just too lazy to be smart. And it's, it's, he's a great character. I mean, I yeah, make it, if, you know, I, if I can make it. In early years, it was me and Steve, Joe and Solomon, uh, Joe Purdy, you know, uh, developing that character. And then, of course, we added more writers as we went, but in the beginning it was me and Steve and Joe. Yeah. Would you say through his writing he had, uh, he managed to uh, put in some influence and more, of, and also a directional role as well, because obviously it's uh, through, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the Harold outburst and everything. Would you say mm -hmm. uh, what he wrote, uh, you know, kind of dict also dictated through to uh, the uh, the character performance itself? Yeah, we, you know, the performance is so important. You know, I would, I would say for me, recording the the actors, uh, the moment that the script it goes from script to recorded performance is the most exciting part of the whole process. And I loved going to the sessions, and I would direct. But Steve was always there. Steve and Joe and whoever was on the writing team always came uh, to the session. And so, for sure we would workshop that stuff with the, the kids and the adults. But, you know, when I think about it, mostly it was that the way the kid characters developed in, in kind of real time each week as we'd go in to record. So, yeah, they were, we were all in on that discussion. Mm. Um, how did you feel when you found out he was uh, going to be doing an episode of The Simpsons? Oh, that was pretty cool. He, he did that with Peter Gaffney and uh, uh, Pete and Steve and Joe and I all. Pete was around even for season one of Rugrats, too, so... That was definitely, you know, just old friends doing something together. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Mind me asking, how did you find out about his death? Uh, Joe and Sullivan here called me. Yeah. Uh, Joe found out first. And uh, uh, so Joe and I talked. God, we talked a lot that week, man. We oh, had a man. great uh, memorial for Steve. Yeah. Um, uh, later that month, we went to the Smokehouse, which is a restaurant in Burbank, which is a, kind of a legendary place. Uh, Frank Sinatra used to go there. And, and it's, so it's, it's an older, uh, kind of cool old restaurant where people, it used to be a real power place where people went to make deals. I don't know how much it is that way now, but, you know, it's right next to the TV studios and, and Warner Brothers. And um, so it's a total, like, showbiz 
old-fashioned, like, Frank Sinatra restaurant. And um, Steve loved it, and I loved it, and we used to go down there and, you know, talk about stories and stuff. And we uh, we had a, a whole room in the, the smokehouse and a bunch of food, and um, uh, I don't know, there were about 50 people came, and it was really nice. It was mostly, almost everybody was there uh, had worked with Steve on Rugrats or Hey Arnold. And uh, Jim Lang came, and uh, he brought his... Uh, keyboard and I, I brought a guitar and we sang three songs we sang um uh the simple things and uh the one the what's it called my last bow the dino song that goes i once was king and uh and one more oh i know we did look up the oh yeah the that song, was that was one from the end of yeah. uh, arnold's crummy day or the list is what we ended up calling that show. <laughs> <laughs> but and it was great because all three of them, it was a really, you know, what's even, even picking out those three songs is a funny story because uh, Steve was famous for, uh, you know, taking credit for everything. And he, he would uh, basically say that he wrote a song and then Joe would say, you know what, actually, I mostly wrote that song and Steve was just there. And then <laughs> with, with uh, My Last Bow, uh, uh, Lang said the same thing. He said, yeah, I, I kind of wrote those lyrics too. <laughs> I had always thought that that was those were all Steve's, and uh, and the simple things uh, to me. And of course, he was in on that because the the two of us wrote the simple things one night. Uh, we stayed late and and uh, drank beers and uh, wrote that song till about midnight, and then then we. Uh, left a message on Jim Lang's machine where I played it over the phone. And in the morning, you know, Lang calls me and goes, that's really great. You'll have to sing it to me again so I can actually hear what you're saying. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a crap recording on the phone, oh, on the God. message machine. But, you know, that's why I wanted to do the simple things because uh, that actually is probably my very favorite memory of working with Steve was just the two of us completely agreeing about something and, uh, and having fun, you know, because you know, songwriting is, is super fun yeah. when it goes right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it was a great uh, memorial. A lot of funny stories from people. Everybody had something funny to say about Steve and, and you know, just, you know, the good and the bad. And I think that's what it's all about. It's like you, you, uh, it takes a lot of, of, uh, you know, give and take to do this kind of work, and there's a lot of fighting, and there's a lot of bad times. Yeah. Um, and so, when you when you get together like that, it just made me realize how many how much good times we'd all had, and it was a it was a it was a great memorial. Yeah. How did you feel about uh, the fans' response uh, and the outgoing uh, condolences, and also the uh, uh, I think there was an obituary as well in the Huffington Post. I mean, how did you feel about the response to uh, when he passed away? It was amazing. It's amazing. I kind of, I, I, it's funny in these last couple of years being reminded uh, more often than it, than it used to be. You know, we're we're reminded constantly now uh, how how much of an impression the show made on people who are, you know, mostly adults now. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to know that there's uh, kids discovering Hey Arnold all the time. But when you think about people who were like Arnold age kids watching it on Nickelodeon now being in their mid twenties. Um, it's, that's a whole other uh, factor in the, the fandom and, and it's really, it's important. And cool. so, you know, the fact that that was covered so well and so many people took note, it was great. It was great for me. So much has changed since uh, 10 years ago. I mean, now in the Facebook era, all I had to do was post that picture 
and write something about Steve. And there were, you know, hundreds of replies. And um, then that got picked up. And, and I think the, the, the Onion ran it first. What's their thing called? The, the AV Club. The AV Club ran it first. And they, yeah. they called me. I talked to the editor at the AV Club, and he got some quotes from me and put that in his story. And then the, the HuffPost picked it up from there. So, cool. um, you know, it's amazing how even just I just post something on Facebook, and it, it becomes part of the story now. The other thing that's really intense to me is how um, how different news is now than 10 years ago. News now is really kind of weird. There's a lot of kind of cut and paste and copying of stuff. And so mm. uh, you really, I really try hard when something, I realized like that was like turning into a story. I just thought, man, I just want to, you know, make sure at the, at the source that the information's good and correct because it's just going to get copied and pasted out into the world. And yeah, it that's is. Just, that's the state of modern journalism now. Yeah. I tell you what, this, um, you know, these interviews that, uh, that we've done over the last uh, four years, they've ended up on uh, YouTube videos and uh, sometimes they sometimes they end up like splicing them. So basically, uh, you know, it ends up basically being one <laughs> it's thing. It's amazing, is, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like they say... All like, I would say is anybody who's watching, getting all their news from the internet, boy, you know, yeah, take it like, with a grain of salt. But it's, it's like, not all true <laughs> I, I have one criticism from somebody who tweeted me saying that you know i uh, i talked too much during you know the interview and uh but so then i said well whereabouts did you hit you know whereabouts did you listen to the interview because and then they gave me a, he gave me a link to a youtube chat uh, channel which had basically sliced in like uh, like like into like you know into like 15 minute blocks because you're not allowed to, unless you get permission from youtube to basically make bigger uh, web oh, videos right, yeah so basically they he basically squeezed it into like this 50 like like an hour and a half of like talking it's like this 15 minute block and i'm I'm like what <laughs> i mean kudos to him trying but you know it's uh yeah it wasn't yeah, yeah. Well, but anyway, anyway you know yeah, yeah uh, uh, it's hard to get to the bottom of stuff you know you yeah. really do have to people need to check their sources and they need to you know yeah journalism's gonna have to try hard to survive because it's, it's getting pretty crazy it is getting pretty crazy infotainment <laughs> yeah i mean well to finish off you know steve he's gonna live long in hey arnold legacy and uh he's gonna live along in our hearts as well, and along with the Hey Arnold fans as well, because he's just been such a big part of our childhood, and we really will miss him. So Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad we talked about it. Absolutely. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare go any further without talking with it, because, you know, obviously, you know, such a big yeah. event of the year. So, mm. Okay, so, well, uh, it is supposed to be a Christmas special, so let's try and lighten up a little bit. So, uh, And uh, we're now going to go to the questions, and I want to thank everybody for uh, giving questions and also giving names as well. So now I can put names to questions instead of basically seeing who's basically asked the most common question and then just basically answering it. So uh, let's uh, get on with these uh, names to questions, and uh, let's start with the wonderful name of Elf340. It's like, uh, yeah... <laughs> Okay, uh, he's, he asks. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what. I'll be fair. It's, it's a guy called Omar because he's uh, put it in the uh, in in there. So his question is: uh, What's the current status of Skyrat? Oh, Skyrat. Um, all that stuff is going great. I I've been uh, back in development with Nickelodeon for a couple of years now, and Skyrat was the project that I first uh, brought to them as as something original. Mm-hmm. And uh, we basically have been, we spent a lot, about the next year, basically putting a, a deal together because I, I uh, all, all my stuff I'm doing for Nickelodeon is kind of attached in, into, uh, into one deal. So it all kind of had to get figured out, especially considering I, I'd been, I had a pre-existing deal from the 90s on, uh, on Hey Arnold. So uh, all that stuff got figured out. We decided, we developed it as a, a, 
a TV show uh, first, but the the pilot was so long and such a lot of story to tell. You know, there's a lot of backstory in Skyrat that uh, we decided to expand it into a TV movie. So oh, I'm now wow. developing it as a TV movie script, and it's it's going fine. I I, I wouldn't I I think I'll wait till uh, the script is further along before I kind of give any details, just yeah. because. I, I don't. It, it's funny. Like some of the stuff, you just don't want to jinx it. No, uh, I can understand that absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, it's you know, I'm happy to say that it's a. I really like the story, and I'm I'm enjoying working on it. And um, I I hope in this uh, coming year to have the story all completely figured out and and uh, be in production. Yeah, actually, this is interesting. I mean, how's Nickelodeon for you changed since uh, when you left in uh, like in the early 2000s to uh, coming back now? Um, it's. The, it's a, a bunch of different people, but what's cool too is that at the studio um, in Burbank, where I uh, was working on Hey Arnold, um, I see a lot of old familiar faces. So it's kind of cool. Some people have actually managed to stay at Nickelodeon all this time. Some I've seen people there that have been there for 20 years now, which is kind of incredible. Imagine having a job where you could stay put for that long. It's it's very cool and very rare nowadays. And from my experience, has been really different the whole last decade. I would go from place to place and work for a couple of years. I, you know, I, I worked for about five years at, at uh, Henson working on Dinosaur Train, though, so it's not mm. like it. I, I was constantly moving around, but that's kind of the nature of my work. Yeah. And when you know something new starts, like Skyrat, part of the reason these things uh, take so long to to become a reality is that's kind of the nature of you know I'm a freelancer coming in. And I've got several other projects going on at the same time. And so when it goes slowly, I'm actually kind of cool with that because hmm. I'm trying to finish other stuff and get it out of the way so I can really concentrate. Like, it'll, it'll be a while till I'm really in the clear anyway uh, because I'm working on a couple other things right now. And yeah. uh, so I hope actually that, that we develop the Skyrat script over the next year and I can kind of slowly get it going, as well as the other stuff I'm doing with Nate. Yeah. Well, it sounds really so anyway, exciting. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's changed a lot since I've been gone in that there's new people there. Also, it's even more corporate than ever. I think there's even more layers of uh, of development people and, and more executives than ever. So that slows things down, too. You know, you just have to kind of get each step of the way. You have to get another thing kind of checked off before you can move on. And, in the you know, in the sense that when I started Hey Arnold in 1995, actually 94 was when I made that pilot, Things happen a little faster then because there weren't nearly as many people working at Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you've got quite, so I'm assuming, well, mind you, uh, going back to what you said before, um, you know, unless you're, you know, part of the team that develops SpongeBob SquarePants, obviously, you know, there's no, there's no really no such thing as a job for life, is there, pretty much now, uh, given the way things are going. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's certainly for me. I mean, some people can, maybe they can get a job and they can work in a department at, at Nickelodeon and they just, they, they just work. They're paid weekly, and they just come in and do the same job year year after year. But in my case, I'm it's job by job. You know, as soon as a, a show is over, it's like, well, clean out your office and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. Now, the next question was going to be from, I will give him a mention, Joshua, because he's a big fan of the show, and uh, he says, question for Craig, how's things going with the new show Nickelodeon? And we've already pretty much explained that, so I just want to yeah. give him a shout-out and just uh, let him know. Okay, uh, this one's from Snakey. Uh, he asks, uh, "Hey Craig, uh, who does Sid exactly like like?" Uh, and he's asking, <laughs> and he must be on his hands and knees. I don't know, man. Sid, <laughs> Sid uh, you know, all the boys uh, liked Lila, 
And uh, I, I, I don't remember Sid kind of declaring for anybody else. Um, I mean, there were some pitches like Ronda that uh, he had, like uh, in some places. I remember, right. he and had... he, he hits on uh, on Ruth at the dance. That was pretty good too. I enjoyed that. Yeah, he was he was dead man walking in that situation. You know, he's 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 playing the whole field and and it doesn't have anyone specific in mind. <laughs> oh man. I tell you, what, that's the fun thing about Hey Arnold. Just you know, these even these the little things that you know just 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 make me chuckle. It's just it's so, so hilarious. Okay, let's move on to the uh, next question. Um, okay, do apologize if I do, don't pronounce your name correctly. Pronouncing names is not my thing. So uh, Nella Chario, uh, she asks, uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about the spin-off series, The Patakis, what it was supposed to be about, and why it didn't happen. Um. Well, you know. The Patakis we've we've uh, talked a lot about in in chats, and I think I'm not surprised either because um, seeing the the Arnold kids as teenagers is just a naturally very appealing idea, and a lot of a lot of people have written volumes of stuff about them as teenagers um, as fanfics and stuff, and and uh, I would say probably the Patakis would be the thing that most people would like to see happen next uh, of all the different possibilities. Um, and we, I pitched it at the end of the the run after they'd ordered a hundred episodes, and they told me there wasn't going to be another season. Um, I tried to think of anything that I could do with the whole Hey Arnold universe that would that they would be interested in continuing with. And so I I said, well, what if we pitched a whole other version of the series and focused on Helga? And and the reason I did that too was Helga was kind of emerging as as almost virtually the star of, of the series by the by 100 episodes, and just because we wrote so many Helga episodes, and whenever we wanted to do, uh, uh, we, we were just always trying to develop her character and her family, because they were so fun. All, all four Patakis are really fun. I love Olga, because, you know, she's so, <laughs> she's so over the top, and, and a perfect character for Helga to be mad at and to hate, even irrationally, you know, because Olga really is actually fairly innocent she she doesn't she's not that bad of a person but she's just so obnoxious to helga and and uh you know and bob and miriam were such a work in progress because their their marriage was seemed to be so terrible and and you know as the, in those hundred episodes we tried to develop it and not not have it stay put but have miriam kind of trying to discover herself you know miriam's like the the ultimate um character of of like potential that that just isn't being you know she's got all this unrealized potential and and there's so much to find out about her, you know, like why does she behave like that? So anyway, I I thought it would be great to to do a whole series about that family, and then I thought I'd have Arnold temporarily out of the picture by having him uh, living somewhere else at that point, and the two of them carrying on this relationship uh, long distance by writing to each other, and that seemed really fun too. So in our original pitch of the Patakis, Helga, uh, it's sort of like an epistolary novel where where each each episode uh, would start with her uh, writing to Arnold, and then we'd see the episode, and then she'd we'd come back to her in her room, you know, finishing another letter, and and then she would not mail it to Arnold. She'd she'd put it she'd put it in an envelope and and stamp it, and then instead of taking it to the mailbox, she would just like put it somewhere <laughs> and file it away. Mm-hmm. And you know, so there was a all that kind of tragedy. Helga's such a great character, and I, you know, I. I, uh, I thought that would be fun. It would be a cool thing to do. It didn't go because um, uh, the various uh, 
other Nickelode- you know, um, MTV Network's uh, venues like uh, Nick at Night and MTV, and the, they, it, it wasn't right for them. And so I, you know, I went to each place and talked to them about it and, and pitched and stuff, and we, we wrote a pilot. We didn't make a pilot. Um, and then uh, you know, it didn't go. So it's just like at that point, things were just sort of finishing for me at Nickelodeon. And in a way, I just felt like that whatever it was I was bringing, that they weren't interested in. Mm. And so I just I thought, well, in general, like I didn't pursue any of those things any further because uh, when when people want stuff, then it goes, and when they don't want it, it doesn't. And, and I can tell how that stuff is playing, and that's what's really amazing now. It's been what's that about 14 years ago that that was going on. It's now by the time it's been 15 years since I really kind of finished up over at Hey Arnold. Yeah, uh, we will. Uh, we'll be doing new stuff, and it'll be really great because things have changed. The, mm. God, even even the the team of execs over uh, the, in the the TV movie department where I'm developing my projects, there's three execs that that were kids watching Hey Arnold, and and, and now they're now they're on the the uh, you know TV movie development team at Nickelodeon. So yeah. it's really kind of awesome. All these people at, at Nickelodeon now are like, hey, I grew up on Hey Arnold. Why don't we do shows like that again? And <laughs> specifically, why don't we reboot Hey Arnold and, and you know, make more episodes? So, uh, the you know, things have changed. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I mean, uh, when Hey Arnold came to an end, I mean, um, obviously we there was Doug. Uh, as well that went in where, where it was on Nickelodeon, but then that uh, somehow uh, went over to Disney. I mean, I don't know how to explain <laughs> that. I mean, uh, in a way, yeah, but I, I, mean, actually, what was I don't the know how that worked out because yeah. um, uh, there maybe there was in some way there was some the company that uh, produced Doug uh, had some kind of independence where they could sell it. My understanding about taking a show to another network is generally you have to make some kind of deal with the the company that that used to run it and basically. Uh, buy out the the project from them for a, a, some kind of fee, and generally the the buyout fee would be however much they had invested in it. Which, yeah. in the case of making seasons of a TV show, is millions and millions of dollars. So that's you know what I mean. That's partly why you can't just say, well, now I'll take K. Arnold and do it somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because uh, well, the, the the story that I heard about uh, about you know Brands Banging New Doug was. Uh, that they basically changed up the show, and uh, so basically uh, Doug had more hair or whatever, and uh, you know the family was completely different. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, interesting. Characters changed around. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, was there ever a temptation to say, you know, to go over Disney and say, well, if we just change up things around, you know, and uh, you know, maybe you could possibly get, you know, Hey Arnold, and maybe like rename it, the, rename the show or something like that. I mean, was there ever that temptation to go to another network and say, I've got, you know, yeah. I've always got the successful show. You know, not, not for me. Just I felt like I felt like uh, the the world I'd made for Arnold was what it should be and so it's hard to it's hard to picture uh just changing the names of stuff and yet you know I know what I know what you mean that does come up from time to time you have an idea for a show and you realize that you've developed it as far as you can with somebody it definitely that's a temptation but since Arnold existed and there were there were so many episodes and so it was such a detailed world I, I I like it's there's certain something about it that I really like just leaving it as it is yeah it's really cool to have the, the hundred uh, half hours on on DVD because I, I look at it and I go there it is you know it completely exists <laughs> and it's uh it's so detailed and rich that 
it, it kind of even surprises me. I just go, wow, look at all that stuff we put in there. I'll tell you what, Craig. Uh, <laughs> the minute those DVDs came out in America, I uh, immediately imported them, and uh, they're currently on my shelf at the moment uh, behind me. So, uh, and yeah, also, good. Uh, there's Isn't a it nice. You know what I love about the DVDs? The, yeah. um, the entire episode is, is shown in its entirety, including the end credit sequence, which uh, we used to really lavish a lot of. Um, uh, care in those end credit sequences. We did so many remixes, and sometimes I'd I'd be like, oh, this show's running long. How can I keep the scene? And I go, maybe I can play it right into the credits. I mean, if you remember the one where um, was it the Big Sis episode where uh, Helga, Olga, and and Lila go for a boat ride? Yeah, and they and they're singing Moonlight Bay. That one we ran that into the credits, <laughs> and then um, at the very end of the credits, Olga goes, oh. That's how that, you know, and it's like this little moment that is meant to be like, a, and then like a minute later, we'll we'll have Olga realize that Helga jumped overboard, you know, <laughs> and and so those are the kind of jokes that you can do when you have control of the episode all the way to the last second of credits and then before the the half hour ends, that um, somewhere in there, somewhere in the ninety late nineties when we were making the shows, uh, you know, more and more networks started to take their end credits and kind of collapse them into a little tiny you know, postage stamp in the corner of the screen and then do promote the next show. Hmm. And when that started to happen, I was like, wait, wait, you know, we've got these custom credits at the end that, that have some kind of payoff and you completely ruined that. You yeah. just clobbered it with, you know, announcements about the next thing. And it, it's terrible now, not I to know. mention that like I get a head credit, you know, at the front of the show, you see that it's my show, but all those other people that work on it, and who do a huge contribution to the show, their credit now, you can't even read it, and yeah, someone's just... blabbing about something else over it. It's a mess. So, anyway, yeah. I love that. It's like, you know, you, hey, you Arnold episode TV. ends, right? And uh, then, so, and then, you you know, you want to listen to, like, either the music and the credits, because, you know, the... Uh, the end sequence for the journals I, I, I really like. And, uh, yeah, the end sequence oh, exactly. For, that had really custom credits. Yeah, it did. And uh, then, but then, you know, you'd have that, and then uh, it would basically it would disappear into a corner, and it's like, uh, okay, you're coming up next on Nickelodeon. It's uh, six and a half hours of torture of some SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, and it's been that way ever since the 90s, you know. It's, it, it's the world we live in. And mm. so, anyway, end credits are really cool. It's nice for the people who work on it. I, in the second half of the whole um, hundred episodes, the last fifty or so, I would do a special thanks card at the very end. You know, variously, you know, thanking the the people who you know were an influence on the show or, you know, uh, particularly important to that episode. So you know, that stuff's really cool, and it's. I, I would just tell everybody, go get the the DVDs. <laughs> cool. Let's move on to the next question, which is uh, from Marlita Mook. Uh, she asks, uh, "How did you come up with the idea for Arnold's head?" <laughs> well, Arnold started out uh, in, I first created Arnold in 1988, and at that point I had just moved to Los Angeles, and um, I had been working on the Penny Cartoons for Pee Wee's Playhouse, and the Penny Cartoons were made, in, they were claymation, just like uh, what I had been doing in, in Portland before that, all through the 80s, I was a clay animator doing stop motion animation. But Penny was new, Penny was really different. Penny was shot on glass with a camera up above it. And um, it, and sh and she was basically didn't have to have an armature. Her character was made of clay that could just lie on the glass, and so she seemed really great, kind of weightless, and could hop around and do all this really cool stuff. And I really liked that technique. So anyway, the I was so influenced by that that flat, you know, clay style of the Penny cartoon that when I designed Arnold, I I 
was working in that flat mode. And so I just was cutting out funny uh, shapes. And I really liked the football shape. The thing I liked best about the football shape was I could put the eyes kind of way out on the sides. And I, it, was, it was an inspired design. What can I say? I mean, it, I, I really can tell you that over the years, uh, what I love most about making a cartoon show of my own characters is generally I learned to draw the main characters pretty well where I can draw them quickly. And if I, if I draw them on a chalkboard, if I'm talking to kids in a school, or um, if, if somebody asks me to, to you know, give them a, an autograph, it's really easy to draw a little Arnold in there. And so it's the character I've probably drawn more than any other character. And I also, um, uh, I, I play the game uh, Draw Something, and I draw uh, Arnold's all the time because people that are playing Draw Something with me are generally Arnold fans. And so... <laughs> Uh, I'll try to, when I'm answering the word, it's a word puzzle, you know, that you're just trying to draw. And yeah. uh, I'll just pick a word that I can easily make an, an Arnold situation. And then I post those. I, I realize at this point I've posted about 300 by now. Um, uh, pictures from my draw somethings, I'll just do a screen capture when I'm done. And, uh, and then I'll post it on Instagram. So anybody who wants to see... Uh, what's new with Hey Arnold and me is should just follow me on Instagram because <laughs> I I I'm constantly putting up my draw somethings and it's funny it's just like how you know I'm doing a quick quite simple that drawing program on draw something is not is not complex and so just like a simple color drawing of a scene from Hey Arnold and it'll be generally I'm find myself drawing Arnold the most then Helga then Gerald you know and so on Phoebe. And and uh, and I draw them over and over again, and so it's it's just funny. The Arnold uh, design is just one of those things that I'm I'm really glad I did it whenever that was 1988 because it's a really yeah it's I an mean, easy thing to draw and very distinctive. People can tell it's Arnold from a mile away. Yeah, I mean you cast your mind back to what 1997, and uh, you, would you ever have thought you would be uh, doing things like Instagram and or draw something or something like that? <laughs> no, I I think that the the I, I was just saying that we I was talking to my wife about that how i I realized that I had more than three hundred of these um uh drawings uh hey arnold themed uh draw somethings that I had saved and put on my iPad the next time I go down to the nickelodeon and i i'll I'll flip through it with them and show them all these uh pictures uh just to say you know this is currently how I'm drawing you know all the arnold characters and uh, i it all has happened in a way where now I can't even remember what it was like when I wasn't, uh, you know, using Facebook, using um, Instagram, and and basically, you know, it's a feed that you just kind of once you get used to it, you just keep I'm constantly set put stuff up on both of those feeds because it's fun. It's fun to to do that. It's a, it's a way that I stay in touch with my friends. I have I have some good friends that that I communicate with on that, and then of course there's a lot of people that I don't know. But it's a fun way. It's a fun way to meet people too. The um, the artists that are posting on a daily basis to uh, their all their different Instagram feeds. I have met so many local artists that are really good uh, because of those the, the social networks. So it's it's a really cool way for us to uh, find people, and it's a great way now. You know, all, a lot of these people that are that are uh, posting their drawings, they're going to get careers. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it, ten years ago this didn't exist, and now. They're gonna. People will see their work and they'll hire them and they'll work on shows. Mm. And people will get shows because of this. So it's a, it's the new, uh, it's the new medium to show off art. And there's a lot of them, of course. There's Flickr and you know, mm. Pinterest and all these different ways that people. 
Uh, I, don't, I, don't know if I don't know if you've heard of uh, Deviant Arts. I mean, have you? Uh, are you surprised oh yeah, you're I, not, I, uh... I, you know my uh, my friends, uh, the Medinas, um, Janelle Medina, who who uh, uh, has she and and uh, uh, Kokinako, the the two two friends that made. I think I found them on Facebook, or they found me uh, mm. that made that wonderful Arnold calendar last year. Uh, they were just on Deviant Art, yeah. and so and I love once I found I found Janelle's page, and, I, and there was all this great stuff. And and she was uh, basically posting tons of other people's work, and so you in one kind of page you could flip through and see all this fan art, and yeah. it's great, it's incredible. So you quite, I mean, are you quite? I mean, uh, have you never never been tempted yourself to uh, go on DeviantArt yourself and post up some stuff or anything, or uh, is that? You know, just... it's interesting. Like I I don't know why I landed at the things that I did, but it seems like there's there's you know I'm there's so much uh, energy just to do. Um, Facebook and, and Instagram that I'm like, that's enough for me because yeah. they have all, the, <laughs> these, these people have really encouraged me to, to start a Tumblr account or, you know, something. And I just, I, I kind of can't be bothered at this point. There's just too much to do. Like I said, uh, uh, this is the busiest I've ever been in my whole life. So yeah. there's, there's too much to do. <laughs> there's not enough hours in a day. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next question. And that is, this is from Mimo. Uh, she, I think it's a she, uh, she asks, uh, would the Patakis ever become a functional family? Yeah, I think they would. I think they're, uh, they're such a fun work in progress that I would like to see all those characters become redeemed. You know, Bob, Bob learns how to, you know, be a little bit more sensitive and not be a blowhard. And he, you know, gets to know Helga and, and they Cut down really, on red meat. gets good. And the same with Miriam. Miriam, you know, gets over her alcohol problem and, you know, gets the job she needs or whatever it is <laughs> that she needs to do that taps her creativity. And, and she works it out with Helga, too. And then, you know, Helga and Olga, you know, think when kids are, when kids are uh, siblings in, in childhood, they might really hate each other. And then when they're adults, they might realize that they're all they have and they, they, their relationships get better. And I think that happens all the time. And it would be fun to do that with those characters too. Yeah, I so, well, I sometimes wonder about. I mean, what would be the best way of uh, yeah, basically solving all the Pataki's uh, potential problems? Well, it's interesting because I no, I think no, that... we're not resorting to that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think that the the main um, the main thing about uh, making uh, TV stories is you need conflict, and so. That's why uh, dysfunctional situations make for good stories, and and where you go back to the, um, you go back to the status quo where things are kind of messed up. So yeah. that's why you don't kind of cure everyone and solve everything. Is that you need to have your you need to have your conflict to keep your story going. <laughs> well, moving away from conflict, uh, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Nancy Grabier, Grieber, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, again, I apologize. Uh, does Arnold find out Helga is Cecil in the Jungle movie? <laughs> oh, um, uh, uh, Cecile, the girl from uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, the Arnold's Valentine's Day. Oh, episode. right, sure. Um, well, uh, I don't. I doubt if it'll happen in the Jungle movie, but um, I, I have a feeling that uh, in the course of their uh, long and enduring relationship. Uh, Arnold will finally understand every last thing about Helga and her 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 secrets. Mm. But um, I think that's sort of a long uh, work in progress. And also, I mean, in a way, deep down, Arnold, I think Arnold must know all this stuff 
even that, you know, even after the the events that have happened on the series so far, I think he he must, in his heart of hearts, already realize that this is what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So you you all have uh, Arnold, who's probably married to Helga right now, and uh, it's like hey, should we be going to Helga and saying, "Hey, I found this shoe," uh, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> you, do you think you do you yeah, think you exactly. will see Cecile again? It's just you know, and, uh, <laughs> you have Helga's looking at it, thinking, "Lame, Arnold." <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Okay, Zach has got another question for us. He says, uh, what are your thoughts on the Hey Arnold fan base even after the show's been off the air for about 10 years? Well, like we were saying, the fan base is bigger than ever. And it's more, I don't know, it's cool. I, what I love is that the fan base has grown up. When I was uh, uh, making Hey Arnold in the first place, um, and, you know, Nick Online was really just getting going. It was just kind of in its infancy. And we had chat you know, message boards and kids could, kids could write in. And I, I would read them. I thought it was really fun to see what kids were, were asking. And what's funny is, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds sending uh, their posts, they would, they would read like little telegrams. They'd be all in caps <laughs> and barely punctuated. <laughs> and they, in fact, I have one on my wall that says, Arnold is my favorite. Helga is too bossy. When will they get together? <laughs> and it was all misspelled and in caps. And I thought, yeah, okay, that's where they're at. Yeah. And, you know, that was where I, I Let's could see digitize that half stuff. of the questions were like, where's Arnold's parents, you know? And what's his last name? And so, the, you know, what I love is the, from that, from these little telegrams to now when people that, whose work I really admire are writing as journalists and they're writing, they're writing long, thoughtful pieces about the series and what it means. Mm. That is incre it's incredibly gratifying. It's really validating to see people grow up and, and go to college and learn journalism and then, then write about Hey Arnold. You know what I mean? It's great. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever read like the analysis uh, uh, pieces that uh, you know? I remember you saying like, oh, you'd like do like uh, you know uh, fifteen minute episodes, and uh, then someone like writes like uh, something. <laughs> then you, get, say, you get more than fifteen minutes worth of analysis. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> totally, I, and that's been going on for a long time. I, I remember uh, reading that kind of stuff, the discussions about the episodes um, in various um, uh, fan fan pages and and web, you know Arnold sites and even more than 10 years ago so it has been going on for a long time but some, somehow it seems to be it's at a kind of a high point now so that's, mm. it's nice it's the best yeah absolutely I mean do you think social media has played a massive role in expanding the Hey Arnold I uh, do. base I do and so since it, it exists out there and, and you know it's probably led by Facebook you know probably the, the biggest influence of all I just try to kind of I try to act as a kind of a curator of of all the Arnold lore and, and, you know, kind of keep, keep putting images out there and, and thoughts about this and that. And, uh, fans use my wall to put up the, you know, like I say, Buzzfeed or, or any of those other, you know, any of the other uh, social network, um, you know, sites that basically do like top 10 lists and stuff like that. Yeah. So Whenever like something comes out, a fan will post it. And so uh, you mm -hmm. can always, you can always see that people are talking about it. Yeah. Let's move on to another question. It is a CM Giltanio. I think we might have a CM Punk fan here. I think uh, from WWE, well, not WWE anymore, UFC, if uh, you've been following things there. But uh, this is a uh, hi, Craig B. Uh, have you ever get have you ever get tempted to read some Hey Arnold fan fiction? <laughs> I, you know, there's so much of it yeah. that I, I'm, I'm tempted to read it, but I, I kind of. There's too much to read, and so I, 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 it's just like, and again, this is the time in my life where I'm so busy that I, I uh, just busy with my own stuff. 
But um, also, I'm now feeling like with fan fiction, I really feel like I don't want to read it because um, as I work on future Arnold stories, I don't want to. Uh, I don't. You know what I mean? Every something like, for example, like how the how the Jungle movie script would go. Um, I don't really want to read what uh, fans are writing about that because I don't want them to feel like like they had the idea first. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and probably that's going to happen a lot on on uh, that stuff because people have been speculating about how that was going to go based on what I said about you know my own thoughts about the Jungle movie uh, mm. for the last you know 15 years. And so it, it seems good for me to just kind of steer clear of fan fiction. Uh, for the time being. Yeah. Well, if you want a summary of what I, at least I've seen, I mean, it, it, it's evolving. I mean, before, I mean, you'd get episode. You know, basically, you get uh, fan fiction of just like episode ideas and things like that, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the last thing that I've been following uh, recently has been like Helga and Arnold have been married and now have like four kids and like uh, <laughs> so basically it's like and Arnold's just been driven crazy by the fact it's that he really has this funny. really I mean, it's wacky cool. family. Uh, you know, I, I I totally think it's great. People. People who want to write fan fiction about it should. And besides, it's it, we all know this. It's it's speculative fiction, and um, there, so that there ends up being all this these volumes of speculative fiction, and then the actual thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, you know, it just it just reflects how much passion people have for these characters. So it's it's totally great. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel that it's uh, not only is it basically, in, you know, it's uh, the, the fan fiction now starting to make it basically inspire, you know, other characters that uh, not just have like, you know, aren't just like lazily written, basically having like the traits of like Arnold and Helga, you know, like Helga's son or whatever, basically, they're kind of like uh, evolving into their own, uh, if you yeah. will, basically well, getting their own amazing. fan bases. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. You was... know, and I, I would hope that uh, that when, when I finally do put out something, um that people aren't like, oh, I thought that fan fiction was better. <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they like what I come up with. That's all I could say. Uh, I think uh, Harry Potter, I think J.K. Rowling and probably some of, you know, uh, Peter Jackson and various other people we sympathize with, <laughs> sympathize with. Uh, <laughs> totally. I can write something better, crowd. Oh, boy. Okay, this one is from Sarah Goulin. Uh This one asks, uh, what is your favorite Hey Arnold episode? Favorite? Hmm. Well... I have a lot of favorites. I've probably in the past, I've probably uh, talked about um, Helga on the Couch. Just because Helga on the Couch is nice for me because um, it, it's really a story about my relationship with that character. You know, because people, um, people wondered as kids, they were like, why is Helga so mean? You know, why, why, how come she's got such a problem with telling Arnold how she really feels? And though, naturally, a kid would, would want to know the answers to those questions mm. and held on the couch is the kind of story that could only happen after making years and years of that series you know helga had emerged as my favorite character to uh, write for because uh franny was such a funny voiceover actress and so capable of of uh delivering anything that i wrote that i i thought and and steve and i were at that point we'd been for years we'd been coming up with um how can helga confess to someone you know what I mean? And all those are favorites of mine. I loved, I wrote the one where she leaves the message on uh, Arnold's message machine when she's high on laughing gas at the dentist. And <laughs> Steve wrote school play where she confesses to Lila. And uh, I can't remember. I think I wrote love. Po is that love potion? It's a different one. Yeah. Helga's love potion where, where she kind of tells Phoebe, but it's all coded like she's talking about ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on and on and on. And so 
Helga on the couch was just yet another one where it's like Helga will confess to the psychiatrist in a, in a huge blowout. And we tried each time to make it bigger than the last. You know, I would say um, the, the confession uh, in school play to Lila is, is big, very yeah. big and very funny. Remember, she does that kind of crazy about the boy thing. And then she turns around and Lila goes, I kind of had a feeling that you liked him. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, then when she tells, uh, Dr. Bliss, uh, she, she, it's so huge that, you know, car alarms go off and, and Bliss says, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, and then she tells Arnold in the movie, and then she's finally telling him face to face. You know, what the great thing about that uh, that that thing was, you know, now we're getting somewhere, and because uh, it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. like the whole, the whole fan base kind of just said that because it's like, uh, you know, saying, oh, finally we're going <laughs> yeah, up to that point. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, I can't believe how resonant that was. It's a lot of fans' favorite episode too, mm -hmm. held on the couch, and they they say it's like. Oh, thank God! Now you know. Finally, you know we're. This is the thing we've been dying to hear Helga say, yeah. and all that backstory where um, Helga, her parents ignore her as a kid, and she walks to preschool by herself, and yeah. she meets Arnold, and all the all the scenes in the the preschool uh, are incredibly resonant for fans because they love it. They're like, look, Arnold's such a sweet boy. He he's the first person to say something nice to Helga in her life. And it, and then it, from from there you go oh okay of course no wonder no wonder Helga idolizes him yeah and but, and it's cool too part of the fun of that was by the time we were that far into the series I was kind of making Arnold into this kind of little Buddha you know he's kind of yeah. magical he can he he's so wise for his years that he's kind of magical and he can he can feel things and 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 he's like super sensitive uh, to other people's feelings and and uh, and very kind and so. Um, it was it was really fun, and and then from there it just got kookier and kookier. By the time we did the journal, he's he's like he's, he's like divine. His when his <laughs> when he's born, he silences all of nature. So I was yeah. kind of me being, I just having fun with the character. I I you know I really love Arnold, and he's a he's a a, a fun character. So I was like, well, why not? I've, I've got. I'm the one making this show. I'll make him divine. <laughs> <laughs> but the, He's the, a sort of a demigod by the yeah. time we get to the journal. But, but the great <laughs> thing, you know, after that, you know, uh, re reveal uh, from, you know, in Helga on the couch, and the, the fact that not only did they leave it at that, they also just, you know, they explained that, you know, she's afraid to tell her feelings because she's afraid she's going to get rejected and basically the whole world is going to fall apart. So, uh, right. you know, she's, yep. she's left on she's that cliffhanger. It's okay for you now. You can... You don't have to tell them now. You can tell them when you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge relief, and it's really great. I mean, there's wonderful beats in that story. I love I love uh, when she leaves, and, and then she runs back and hugs her. It's really mm. it's super cute. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next question. This one's from Ellie. Uh, she asks, uh, Hi, Craig. Uh, what are the most controversial secrets about Hey Arnold, uh, aside from the things <laughs> we already know, such as Lana Vale? <laughs> wow, okay, so controversial secrets. Well, I would say um, the fact that we never, one of the things that was just never spoken about on the series was that uh, Miriam was a secret drunk. That probably is the biggest one. Because yeah. the, the other ones were more minor than that. Like Lana Vale was simply a character that we thought it would be funny if there was a, 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 a slightly, uh, you know, kind of slightly provocative uh, a renter in the, in the boarding house that Arnold kind of didn't know how to feel. You know, she made him nervous and he didn't, didn't know, you know, like a, a, a nine-year-old's, uh, you know, completely innocent, uh, you know, confusion about 
uh, Land of Ale. But that was too weird. It was it, it when we tried to write it, it it seemed funny to us at the time, and then when we tried to make it, the Nickelodeon execs were like, "What? Come on, you know what? She, what is she like hitting on him?" And we're like, "Well, no, not exactly." You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just too it was too ridiculous for a kid show. And so we just dropped her. We just said, forget it. Let's not even try to do this. That's stupid. Mm. And, uh, but, but things like Miriam, that's different. Like I would say the most controversial thing about, uh, Hey Arnold is that Helga's, uh, home life is so terrible. You know, Bob, Bob seems really verbally abusive to, to Miriam. And he's, you know, he's mean to her. He doesn't, he does, he keeps forgetting who she is. And, uh, and then by the time we did Helga on the couch, I thought, it was pretty ridiculous to have a preschooler walk to school by herself. But then mm. I thought, oh, what the hell? You know, it's, you know, it it, it really makes my point. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to show Helga actually walking to preschool by herself, and and you know, and Tuck aborted that sequence. Uh, Tuck Tucker, my yeah, my uh, supervising director. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's enjoyable and it's but it's sad at the same time because oh, I mean exactly, I mean, and that's my favorite thing. It's the thing. My, I kind of feel like the edge that we have on Hey Arnold because we're not, you know, we're not South Park and we're not Family Guy. I mean, no. We're making a, we're making a show for children, but I thought my edge was always to, to show the really sad and the really funny at the same time. So, you know, the dog, you know, like, that's like how ridiculous can it be for Helga? Her walk to school, it starts raining. She doesn't have a coat. Yeah. Um, her lunch, which Miriam made, so it's probably something ridiculous anyway, like shaving cream. Her lunch gets taken away by a dog who then like kicks her, kicks her, like kicks dirt in her face as he mm. walks away. Then a car goes by and splashes mud and completely covers her in mud. So it's like, oh my God, what a terrible thing. But it's all drawn with a lot of charm and it's very funny. And, yeah. and uh, then the stuff that happens at the preschool, I think Tim Parsons boarded that section. That's another really, it's super funny, man. When she, she, uh, you know, kind of knocks Harold over and jumps on his stomach <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and suddenly turns into, basically you watch her like Helga, the, the terror, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the toughest kid in school. You sort of see that happen right in front of your eyes. And you got, so it's, like it's a sad and it's really funny. And, yeah. and it's also, it's, I think, um, I don't know. I think about um, some of my favorite scenes with Helga are, are always going to be both sad and funny. You know, the, the scene when uh, Lila first comes to, uh, the school, uh, Miss Perfect, and they they go to her house and they're outside the window and they can hear her uh, crying uh, to her dad and you realize that they, they don't even have any food to eat. I mean, yeah. God, that's pretty grim. Yeah, and horrible, then you it? cut to outside and Helga starts crying until she becomes hysterical and Phoebe has to slap her. Yeah. That's really funny. And you got, you're flipping back and forth between, I mean, if I watch those uh, episodes now, they actually make me cry because they're just really? so they're so moving and and, and it, you know those are all you know my characters that I really care about and so uh, I I'm really uh, shocked by it and when I when I see it I think man that's kind of a tough thing to lay on on uh, kids this entertainment except yeah. I, except when I hear how strongly and positively they react to it then I go okay well you know yeah. they watch it because they want to watch it and they like it cool. Let's move on to another one. Uh, this one's actually from Ellie herself again. Uh, what up, Nocturnal Ned? Uh, <laughs> at, the pre at the present, uh, are there something that you want to change on the show or something you wish you had done on the show? Something I would change or that I wish that I had done? Um, well, you know, 
it's funny when when we were told we weren't going to do any more than the five seasons of Hey Arnold. I was like, wait, there's so much more to do. And I guess what I would continue to try to do would be to. Uh, I really like the city as a character, and I like the urban adventures, and I would try to keep coming up with more urban adventures where Gerald has um, Gerald is the keeper of the tale, and he tells them all the story, and then they go explore it. We had we had written more uh, ideas for urban adventures that I would I would definitely return to that, and I would continue to to develop the 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 main relationships. You know, Arnold and Helga clearly have to keep their their relationship has to keep developing. And Gerald and Phoebe too. Although it's it's weird because to continue Hey Arnold as a series, I I would um, I would probably uh, be trying to continue to have them be kids, and so the 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 relationships can't go too much farther yet because they're still children. You know, they're not yeah. they're not teenagers, and so it has to be kind. You know, it has to be sort of an innocence that it has to continue to have, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And then in terms of like what regrets and stuff. I don't know. You know, we made some good shows and we made some some not very good shows. And uh, looking back on them, um, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of sorry for the ones that didn't come out so hot. But uh, yeah. that's the nature of the work. You know, you I mean, so the many. two one episodes I always get uh, negativity over is uh, um, Arnold betrays Iggy and uh, New Bully. <laughs> oh, that's the, right. Yeah. A new bully on the block. Those are the two ones I get. You know, imagine Arnold betrays yep. Iggy. I can understand, but actually, uh, I'll go on a limb here and say that uh, new bully on the block is actually in itself actually is a good episode because it actually makes us care. You know, the fact that we care so much about these uh, fourth graders getting beaten up by these uh, these fifth graders. You know, it makes us. Yeah. Uh, it gives us yeah, an emotional no attachment I mean, to I, the characters. I look at that now. I kind of can't believe that. And they were that. That actually new bully. Uh, the network was pretty pretty mad about that. They're like, "What? what? You know, you're you're actually showing girls with black eyes. You know, like they're 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 being hit in the face." And uh, I said, "Yeah, I, I you know, when I look at it now, I'm like, boy, that is pretty grim." And it ends up with with all of our main characters hanging from the. Um, I think they're I think they're being they hung them up by their by the backs of their shirts on the goalpost, and it's, it's like, wow, you know, like that is bad. It's almost like a wedgie hanging up there. And, um, yeah, it's, an, it's a quite a violent episode. And so, I, you know, when I, all I was saying with New Bully on the Block was, and, and it's also the reason that I even did it was, as each, as each boy who voiced Arnold grew up and they couldn't be Arnold anymore, they, and all of a sudden they sounded like teenagers, I said, don't worry, I'll bring you back as a, as a teenager. And generally to bring back a teenager meant to bring back a bully. And so it started with Torin, who came back as Wolfgang, Hmm. And um, and, I, it, and so Wolfgang was the new bully, and then uh, uh, Ludwig is the next bully because Philip had grown up, and yeah. so I said, okay, Philip, don't worry, I'll bring you back too, and you can be a teenager too. So then it was like, wow, we got two bullies. Then then I was like, okay, um, let's have a story where there's a new bully, and he's he's the two bullies have to kind of duke it out for who who gets control of uh, Gerald Field, and and basically and all the fourth graders. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a, just basically a cool story, you know. Now there's two bullies. You've got twice as much trouble, and they're fighting, and they're so selfish and kind of unaware that they just kind of use the fourth graders as like kind of like just toys, just some just something to amuse them, yeah. which but, is really mean. And so I thought, oh well, I'll just try and write this and see what happens. Okay, which was but, often what would happen with yeah. my story writing. I would just I'd have these characters and I'd just write the next one and see 
see what happened then. Forgive me in the uh, in the eyes of the Hey Arnold fans if I like commit uh, you know Hey Arnold heresy or something like that. But uh, um, I mean, you say that you know you brought better characters back as uh, you know teenagers and uh, they automatically became bullies. I mean, was there never uh, a chance a chance to basically say to one of them you know to like give them like a, you know give one of the characters like a mentor like an older mentor character or, you know something that basically uh, you know say for example you know you had a you know you had Eugene. Who was basically unlucky the entire time, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. was, there, was there never an idea. It's like you know, say, oh, let's bring in this older mentor. Basically, every time Eugene feels a bit down, you know, we can bring this guy in, basically, to cheer him back up again. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's it's interesting. Arnold had that that role where he was the the uh, good guy and and kind of the only good guy in a way, and so that was part of it was that um, the one who. Arnold seemed to be the one who was who was mentoring everybody. But okay. it's true. I mean, if, if the series went on and on, I'm sure, uh, you, you know, you always just try to develop stuff so that you so you can create situations that can go on and on and they can develop. And I'm sure it would have gone a lot of different ways. Okay. Well, tell you what, I, uh, yeah, I think uh, my, my time as a Hey Arnold writer probably would uh, probably better be shut down right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, this is from... Uh, I'm trying to look at the ones now. Uh, this one's from Connor. Um, he asks, uh, uh, "Was Hey Arnold named after somebody?" Oh well, when I created Arnold in 1988, uh, my wife Lisa and I uh, made a list of all the family names of both sides of our both of our families, and we we made a big list. And uh, Lisa has an uncle Arnold. Uh, who lives in Washington State, lived at Muckleteo. No, not Yeah, he did. He lived at Muckleteo, Washington, for uh, most of his life and uh, was uh, uh, a principal at one of the grade schools in, in Everett, I believe. And so Arnold um, uh, Wiggum, who, and, you know, you know Chief Wiggum on, on uh, The Simpsons? Yeah. Wiggum is the family name on uh, on that side. Oh, uh, wow. So, so that, you know, Matt used uh, a family name, too, for, for Chief Wiggum. But, uh, <laughs> Arnold, uh, uh, that, so that's actually where it came from, even though uh, Arnold uh, does not resemble Arnold Wiggum at all. But, but it was just a name that we, we liked, and so that's where that came from. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on to uh, Connor's next question, which is, uh, why does the screen go blue between Olga and Helga when uh, at the end of Olga Comes Home episode uh, in season one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's so funny. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's really funny. When we were finishing that episode, as you remember, that's when Olga first arrives. How, and, and we were... Here, here's what I love about that one, was that Olga gets a, a, a B plus and it just wrecks her. She just takes to her bed and cries for days. Yeah. That's just so absurd and funny that we just thought, what a funny story idea. And that Helga did it, of course. Helga changes the grade and and, and it's kind of the worst thing Helga's ever done, you know, because it, it just, it just like the whole family is in mourning now because Olga's taken to her bed. And it kind of, it goes, it goes great for Helga for a while, and then she starts to feel bad about it. So, and I love that Helga has that wonderful dream where Arnold comes to her as the voice of reason, and she's in that, like, dolly landscape. Mm. It's just, it's really fun stuff. Arnold comes and says, listen, you know, you've got to do the right thing. You've done something wrong, and you've got to do the right thing. So Helga's having like an early, it's an early story about Helga having a crisis of, of conscience where she really needs to go back and undo it. So she goes into Olga's room and turns off the Mozart and says, okay, look, you know, get out of bed. It was me. I did it. I'll take the, I'll, you know, I'll get punished, and I'll be the, you know, and then Olga says, no, I'm not going to tell Mom and Dad. 
and I'm going to give you a break. And she says, really, why? What's your angle? You know, and, and, and Olga, for the very first time, tells us, you know, it's not that easy being the perfect one. You know, I feel like a wind-up doll. And, and you go, oh, you, oh, okay, so I should sympathize with Olga, too. She's, she's kind of under pressure to be this thing that she's not quite sure that she is. She's kind of overachieving because her parents need her to. And the two of them look at each other like, and it was meant to be, Helga looks at Olga and goes, hmm. And the two of them kind of faced off, and, and you think, well, will they be friends or will they be enemies? What's going to happen next? And that's the end of the show. When we made it, um, we all looked at the cut. This is generally what we do. We get a, the animation back, and we have our finished episode, and we're looking at it. Um, and then we'll talk about what's working and what isn't working, and generally I have a chance at that point to work with my editor to change it a little bit, you know, because we can't reanimate it. We just we don't have a budget for that. We're just basically making them as fast as we can, and then as soon as you're done with that one, you got to go on to the next one. So um, we're just looking at it going, I remember uh, Jamie Mitchell, who was our, supervising director in season one uh jamie just didn't like it yet he said i don't believe it I, you know that thing you're talking about where olga and helga look at each other and they they kind of are, are they going to be friends or are they going to be enemies i'm not really seeing that and i said well what are we going to do i mean that's all we have you know <laughs> we can't like write a new scene animate a new scene we have to finish this and and so jamie said i think we should have like a little musical sting and at that moment that the two of them look at each other you you get some kind of feeling like they're facing off and and what's going to happen. So we, in post, when we were uh, color correcting it and, and making the final version, uh, I remember Jamie and I sitting there, and, and he, he, he suggested that thing where it kind of goes blue for a second. And, and when it was done and it played, nobody knew what that meant. <laughs> and everybody, everybody was like, what the hell was that? And I said, I don't know, it was Jamie's idea. <laughs> So Jamie did it. Okay. So you know, it's just one of those things. And now people, if they're if now they have their answer, what that means is Helga and Olga are facing off, and they're like, hmm, you know, friend or foe, and that is it. That's yeah. all there is to it. It's kind of you know, it's one of those things. I probably we should have written the scene so they say what you need to know, and then I don't know. But it is. It's like you know, you get these you get these eleven minute cartoons, and you have. Only you know, like a like each each of these episodes, we put it through a post, and we've got like a week to figure out what we're gonna do to yeah. to finish it. But in a way, it's a good thing because it leaves the question open ended. So uh, yeah, I like that too. I think you know the characters are very rich, and there's a lot going on, and there's a lot to think about. And I I kind of like people forever trying to understand what they thought they saw. That's my favorite thing about movies and TV is yeah. that it, the ones that make you think and and talk about it afterwards. Okay, so just let all the Hey Arnold fans know uh, if uh, your screen, if it's not that scene and your screen turns blue, uh, try restarting your computer, and I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm bad. I'm sorry, I'm bad with these jokes. I really am. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, so, Craig Bartlett's. Um, this is another one from Connor. Uh, where are the Hey Arnold episode? Oh, which Hey Arnold episodes do you? Re well, imagine we've already asked that about uh, Hey Arnold. Which Hey Arnold episodes do you regret doing? I'm sure. Uh, well, uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, this one is from, okay, I think she's probably from, uh, tell you what, I'm just going to have, have a look and see where she's from. Uh, she's from Latin America, I can uh, tell that far, so uh, uh, I'm, her name is Sugigumi uh, Y. Masuni. Uh, please compliment, please uh, congratulate him on trying to pronounce that. Um, another question, is there a any character who inspired you in real life? 
Oh, you mean that that a, a real life person who became a character? Um, yeah, yeah I, I'd imagine that's what she's asking. Is there a character who inspired you in real life? Uh, so you, were you ever it, inspired it, by a character? Yeah, that sort of worked their way into the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, it's really like so much of it. The the characters on Hey Arnold were like, uh, you know, grandma and grandpa are are so different from my actual grandparents because, uh, you know, the there's so much there's so much more going on and they're they're kind of like superheroes almost so i always think of that as an example of how how different the cartoon characters are from from the real life characters and you know i had i had parents the whole time i was growing up so that, that's not like arnold's situation but the the it's really more just in general like the way the uh, the girl characters were like all the girls that I had a crush on but didn't like me back or vice versa that had a crush on me and that I didn't. And so I would just sort of take all the all the, the, the ways that if you took all of those different girls and you put their traits into one, then you get Helga. And Helga's so much, I don't know, she's so much more interesting than any of the kids I knew in grade school. So you know what I mean? They kind of grow and become bigger than life. And I, I've, you know, the, the friends that I had and the, the girls that I liked None of them were as as nuts as Helga, or or as you know, and and there was no, the bullies that picked on me. I, I didn't get to know them at all. And look at Harold. You know, by the time we did a hundred half hours of uh, Hey Arnold, Harold had become this incredibly funny and interesting character. So you know what I mean? Like the real life influences were actually quite a bit more boring than the the characters on Hey Arnold. <laughs> mm. Well, not, not too uh, in any way, um, you know. Yeah, put down the people I grew up with. It's just that no. cartoons. You know, you get to go, you get to really go crazy with with uh, with cartoons. Yeah, I mean, in a way, isn't it kind of uh, well? I mean, even if it does feel a bit insulting, isn't it kind of uh, you know um, uh, a bit of a compliment, really? If you can be, you know, if you're considered that much of a character that you can be basically yeah, dressed exactly. into a cartoon. Well, show. it is. It's like to me. Uh, thank goodness I had a, a childhood that that wasn't perfect, and that I, I, you know, I felt like I was always on the outside, and you know, kind of awkward, and didn't understand, and you know, couldn't get it right. Because that's what that's what drives people to write these stories. All the writers that I know, they had, you know, they, they, they none of them are like, hey, childhood was awesome. I loved it. I was happy all the time. Those people don't become writers. Mm. Okay, so that was the last question, and uh, so I want to thank all the Hey Arnold fans for pitching your questions. I'm just wondering how long we've actually been going on for. Now. That's an hour and twenty minutes. So uh, was, uh... <laughs> good. I'm glad. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, those were great questions. Yeah, and, and I, it was it was fun talking about it as usual. Mm. I mean, uh, I mean, do, do you uh, I mean, even to this? I mean, obviously now you still get these questions, you know, and the uh, just keep coming by the barrel full. I mean, uh, how do you feel that uh, you know, Hey Arnold has got to such a point that basically there's just this, uh, you know, everyone's so still in enthralled in the world that uh, you know that you created with Hey Arnold and everything. So I'm really glad, and like I said, the the there's a it seems like there's more there's more interest from people who grew up on it and are now adults than ever. And and the social media and the fact that everybody goes online and gets their entertainment from all these all these different websites that do the top ten lists and all that kind of you know entertainment analysis, uh, it's really gotten it to a, a lot of interest. And you know Nickelodeon really has noticed, and they've they've uh, they they really are interested in seeing what we could do next with it. And I'm I'm very glad that that relationship's going again. I'm really excited about what we're going to do. And I don't, I, I can't really say yet because it's, it's, you know, since these stories are being developed. But um, I am happy to say that I'm, I'm back. We're, we got stuff going on, and, and uh, 
you know, look for it because we'll do something and it'll be awesome. And, you know, the, the Arnold stuff totally lives on and yeah. it, it's partly, partly because of all this interest from these fans. And I really appreciate it. Mm. I mean, I was wondering if I could uh, finish off with this last thing that, uh, I mean, when I was talking to Justin Shankero, there was uh, uh, rumors flying around the internet about all sorts of uh, discussions about, Hey Arnold at Nickelodeon. I mean, is there any interest uh, right now with, uh, for Nickelodeon to uh, uh, reinvest in the Hey Arnold character in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, the I, the things that we're trying to do are to, to uh, find the find the right way to reboot the series so that it could keep going in some in some future form, and that's what we're working on. And it, it's it's going great. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll have more news, but I, I kind of I don't want to jinx it. I want to no. see exactly what it is that we're doing for sure before I talk about it. And I would say when I have a, like a delivery date, when I know something's going to come out on the air, would be when I would be finally ready to go. This is what it is. And okay. even then, you know, I wouldn't want to wreck the story by spoiling it. So no. I'll. But I can, you know, as as I know more, I'll totally uh, let you know. Yeah, just uh, just out of vision. I mean, I know you can't go into too de- much detail about, uh, you know, your conversations with Nickelodeon. Obviously, that's got to be all confidential and everything like that. But is it one of the, you know, when you're approaching a like a, a TV studio, is it one of those situations where everyone has kind of like their own different opinions of uh, basically what uh, what what Absolutely. the subject matter should be? Yeah, and they're they're kind of the thing you have to remember with Nickelodeon is they still. Even though, even though they acknowledge all this interest from the the uh, people who were too old for it, and you know what I mean, like they're they're really the their bread and butter at Nickelodeon is kids six to eleven. That's who their advertisers uh, put ads up for, and that's, yeah. so that's where their money comes from. So to them, they're like, well, what what is that audience six to eleven? The people who are supposed to be watching this network, and what are they looking for? And so mm. that's an ongoing discussion, talking about the way kids change. In my opinion, kids. They change and they stay the same. Yeah, you know, it's a different world by far now than it was when, when uh, in 1995. But so what? You know, kids still like those shows, even if they're 15 years old. They or God, they're almost 20 years old, uh, and they still love them. They still get it. So I think in a way, I just try to make entertainment that's pretty timeless. I think certain aspects of being a kid are going to stay the same forever, and you know, making a show that's sort of emotional and you know kind of slightly bluesy and you know a little bit about being sad uh and and trying to kind of figure it out and trying to be a good person in a in a kind of a messed up world i think that'll stay interesting forever and so all i would say is that as we try to develop it and figure out how to take it to the next step how can i keep it true to that that basic bedrock feeling that i always had about what it was like to be a kid so Mm. you know i'll try to i'll try to do my best to uh to honor that uh and and also those episodes exist there's a canon of you know 100 half hours um that that exists that's a fact and so it can't ever be too different from that because that's what it is that's the world that i made so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm quite surprised because it's like, I mean, I, I don't want to knock anything that, you know, is currently on the air at the moment. But, uh, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants or, you know, Fanboy and Chum Chum and uh, some of the other cartoons, and then you align them against, you know, cartoons like Doug and Rugrats and Hey Arnold. I mean, if you ask me in 10 or 20 years time, you know, what cartoons are we still going to be watching? This part of me that still believes we're still going to be watching Rugrats, Hey Arnold and Doug. I mean, that's probably because I'm a, you know, I'm a 90s kid. You know, that's... Uh, Exactly. Yeah, it kinda, maybe, it's maybe. it's the context of like where you were when you first uh, really really fell in love with uh, with cartoon shows. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I think that's great. You know, I I think there's room for there's room for all kinds of stuff. It's a it's a really great era in in uh, animation where there's just so much going on, 
And also, one of the things I always keep in mind, and kind of to answer the people's questions today about episodes that I didn't like or that I thought were not so hot or wished I hadn't made, even the ones that I really thought came out kind of crap, and I looked at them and I was like, oh, you know, boy, that was that was a shaggy dog story, man, what a mess. And and we kind of remember that we fought about it and the art didn't come out the way I wanted or I was frustrated about something. You know what? Somebody, that's their favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, that's a perfect one. That's exactly what, you know, to me, that you know, sums up Hey Arnold. And so I go, oh, okay. You know what? There's a lot of different ways to make uh, entertainment. And, and there's, people have a lot of different favorite things that are, that are you know, it's not for me to say. So yeah. I don't know. I just, I'll just keep trying to make uh, cartoons do the best I can and just oh. hope that hope that more hit than miss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like some of the creators that, uh, you know, uh, I grew up with, uh, I mean, with who created all these cartoon shows in the 90s. And uh, even people who tell me, like, oh, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, but the 90s, oh, man, you see just, you know, the shows that they had there, I mean, it's like they, they really hit the spot. And uh, even even some, you know, uh, people from lesser decades even concede that, you know, oh, maybe the, you know, the people who live, you know, grew up with in the 90s and had a, you know, you look at all these shows that even I relate to uh, in my 20s, you know, let alone all the kids that I relate to, like Ren and Stimpy, huh. for example, and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah well, it seems good. To, I'm mm. glad, you know, I'm glad. I, it's really was, uh, a, what a wonderful opportunity to be part of of that that time because it was it was a really good time yeah i mean as people i say is like is a golden age that uh, you know we really wish that came back and in a way i do and i don't because obviously you know if you if let's say for example all the go you know, all the good times did come back in the you know in two, you know 2015 you know onward to like 2025 i mean it's like it's kind of going to make the 90s you know uh may make that a little less special if you ask me i mean so i think it's just <laughs> nice that there's the nice little special era between yeah. uh you know 1992 uh you know 2004 that we had yeah. and uh yeah it's just been uh really special to uh to be part of that so uh anyway we're gonna wrap up now so uh i mean uh craig once again thank you very much for coming on the show it's been brilliant and uh you know it's really, always really great to talk to you and uh you know there's been yeah, full time nice to talk to you too it was my pleasure yeah absolutely and uh once again, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, you know, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, and everybody out there. Cool. Thanks, Greg. All right. See you Good later. Thank you.